right back here at Fenway Park, where our score at the two periods is Merrimack nothing, Providence nothing. Joining us for the second intermission here, Mike McMahon from the Mac Report and the Eagle Tribune, themacreport.com, college hockey news as well. And well, Mike, uh, two periods in the books here at Fenway it seems to, it seems to go by pretty fast, but. Uh, I would say uh, in terms of, uh, you know, this being a very anticipated game for, for Merrimack and the Merrimack program that, uh, you know, they've come out and they played pretty well. They just can't get the puck in the net. Yeah, neither team can. I think the ice has a lot to do with that, too. I mean, we see we see the crews out there constantly trying to fill holes. Uh, even right now, you know, the Zambonis haven't even made their way in the ice yet. And every TV time on, I mean, I think the ice conditions probably have a lot to do with that, too, the fact that neither team's been able to get in the board. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of the nerves were, got, were uh, they got out of the way yesterday being able to come out here and practice, and uh, one of the first things I noticed, I was down at the bench when they were practicing, and uh, as soon as the guys came on the ice, a lot of hooting and hollering, a lot of a lot of a lot of woos uh, <laughs> for just I think excited about about being out there, and then today uh, able to focus on the game. You know, isn't it funny that uh, the, the, it's gotten to this point where the, you know the outdoor games, and it's not just. Uh, these games, the college games, or you know, you get the high school games as well, and, and even with the pro games, you know, I mean, it's a generation really of, of people that have grown up and not played outside before, which yeah. is hard to believe, and uh, you know, or really very much, and uh, and so such that something like this really is a novelty. Yeah, it's funny to think about like that. I mean, I, I know uh, talking to some of the players yesterday, a lot of the guys that grew up in Canada all had rinks in their backyard. Uh, I, I, mean, rem- I guess, I guess the, the 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 nearest connection that I would make would be you know, think about basketball. If you know, if they were guys that had grown up and hadn't played on you know out on the uh, like the courts out in the city or whatever, yeah. and then and then they held a game that was out in the city, and then and <laughs> right, I mean, yeah. it would be that kind of a thing. Yeah, you know, I think it is, and especially now. I mean, with some of these kids are coming from different areas, where I mean, the kids that are from the west coast or from the southern part of the country they the weather's not conducive to playing outside and they played uh, roller hockey yeah exactly or, or you know uh kids that maybe grow up in the city that they don't have the yards to make the back the, the backyard rinks or there's no ponds around so uh for yeah i think for a lot of these kids it's the you know, one and probably only time they're going to play outdoors and uh so you were here yesterday and and you you wrote you talked about the the ice and the situation that uh, the problems with the ice yesterday and it was interesting to hear uh, John and I talked with a member of the rink crew before we mentioned they actually had to warm up the ice said they uh, the, the, the you know that uh, whatever that fluid is that runs through the pipes underneath uh, they heated it up from normally 17 to 23 degrees to try to warm up the ice and uh, heating the ice is not something that you would think would be a good thing to do but uh, do you think that you were here yesterday you saw the ice yesterday and we see what's happening in the game here today uh, do you think that is the ice any better today than it was yesterday? It looks a little better. Uh, it, it seems like there's some more holes. I mean, just just the eye test. It's hard to see it from up here, but it looks like they're working on more holes and more ruts than maybe they were yesterday. Uh, but one of the things that was really noticeable yesterday was you couldn't see the lines. I mean, when, when, when the teams were done with practices yesterday, the blue line was not visible. There was so much snow on the ice. So uh, even after a full period of play, it seems like there's some less snow out there, uh, which is probably a good thing. But, I mean, obviously there's there's uh, has to be ruts and holes because we, we've seen them working on it every single break uh but i know one of the issues that everybody talked about was the fact that it was so cold uh, the ice was actually chipping away so you'd have a guy especially if a heavier guy made a hard fast cut on the ice yeah. they were just taking huge chunks of it up with them so that, that was the problem was the actual the divots and the holes it was making for a real choppy experience yeah i talked with matt lamal for the merrimack uh, uh hot director of hockey operations and really 
really just uh, you know jack of all trades down there. And one of the things, of course, that he does is the skates. And uh, he said that it, it you know they're kind of doing the skates a little bit different because uh, you know that affects it as well. So there's a lot of things that go into to affect here when you're playing in a game like this. Yeah, another thing I noticed. Uh, that, that we're seeing today as compared to yesterday, a lot more guys have some undergear on. Yeah. Uh, a, a couple of guys yesterday had the, had the headgear on underneath the helmets to try to keep warm, uh, and it seems like most of the guys have something like that on today. I, I think only was Mirski and maybe maybe a couple of other guys that I noticed had uh, you know that headgear on underneath the uniforms and come up under the helmets to try to keep warm. So uh, I, I know a lot of guys were using yesterday as a test to try to see what they were going to need. Uh, and actually, I, I think I heard uh, Matt say that he was making a run to a, a local sporting good store in, in order to get some some things that guys needed last night to try to keep warmer today. Yeah, Thursday, the Warriors were supposed to play the Russian Red Stars in the exhibition game. It was canceled. Uh, they didn't want folks to come out and uh, you know, with the condition of the roads and the weather and so on, didn't want folks to uh, you know take that risk coming out, but they did end up scrimmaging the Russians anyway, who I guess weren't staying too far away, and the officials were able to get down there too, so effectively was uh, a game, it sounds like, right? I mean, did they play three 20-minute periods and so on? Yeah, they did. They played three 20-minute periods. I mean, it really, other than the fact that they ran a shootout at the end of the overtime, it ran like a like a regular game. The officials were able to get there. There was probably 15 or 20 people in the stands that maybe had not heard earlier in the day that the game was canceled and still showed up, so uh, they, were, they were welcome to come in and watch, and, and actually, uh, what surprised me was the the Russian team had quite a few family members that were there. A lot of people that had traveled over, uh, moms and dads and brothers and sisters. So there was there was probably uh, you know in the range of thirty to forty people there that, that took it in. But it was uh, I think it was good for them just to get some of the rust off. I mean they, they hadn't played in almost a month. Merrimack, uh, you know the Red Stars have been on a tour of college and junior teams out here for a while. So they're playing a team that that hasn't had a break that's been playing and then here they are coming off a one-month break and good especially you know coming out into a special event like this to be able to shake some of the rust off before today and the score in that one was what five to four five four in a shootout yeah merrimack had a uh trying to work off memory here they had a two nothing lead at the end of one uh the red stars i think led four three at the end of two Warriors tied it up late or midway late in the third somewhere around there and then wanted a shootout vinnie scotty i believe had the only goal of the shootout well, Vinny Scotty with one of the Warriors' two best chances today with a breakaway in the first period and then Connor Toomey on the penalty shot there in the second period. I mean, I thought right away it could be a penalty shot, and certainly it was. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you look for separation, and, and it's hard to tell. And I, and I think sometimes it's hard for the officials, too. I mean, do you really want to call a penalty shot, especially today? I mean, where that ice is so bad, that might be that, – that's probably going to be the best scoring chance that either team has all day. So it's sort of – you know, you could decide the game with that one. But I think he had enough separation that that's a penalty shot for sure. They didn't have the option, right? To take the penalty, the, the, the two-minute power play? You know, that's a good question. I don't think so. Because I would have rather had that, to be honest. Oh, so yeah, me too. I, I think it's nothing against Connor Toomey. It's just that, you know, one chance, yeah. you know, on the power play, effectively, versus... Uh, you know, granted, it's one very good chance, but still, versus two minutes of as many chances as you can get. Yeah, and there's, I mean, yeah, the puck could be jumping over sticks if you have it in the offensive zone, but at least if you're on the power play, you're likely to have the puck in the zone, and with the ice as bad as it is, you never know. A puck gets sent to the net that hits something or bounces wrong or hits somebody, you could yeah. go in. So, yeah, uh, I, I think if they had, well, if I had the choice, I, I, I'd agree. I'd probably take the power play, but I honestly don't know if they have the option there or not. 
Well, this is the first of really five games here where this team's going to, I guess you could say six if you want to count the the, uh, the scrimmage against the Russians the other night, but uh, really the goal has got to be uh, that game against BC at the end of January, near the end of January, and the rest of the hockey schedule after that. This team that has found itself in 11th place, last place in the league, but uh, you know, you put together a couple of good weekends, you could move up, you could be higher than that, and it just seems as though I mean, what we're seeing tonight here so far is granted they're playing a pretty good Providence team, but still um, I know you're listening over there. You probably heard us mention it, but you know the strengths still seem like the strengths, and the weaknesses are still the weaknesses. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's they're in a position here where, with the record they have, the, the pairwise isn't going to mean much. These non-conference games, for, for I mean, I, I, I hate to put it like this, but they're they're glorified exhibitions at this point because they're not going to mean much in the national picture, just where they stand now. So I think it's about trying to work as many of the kinks out as you can over the course of the month of January, and they're going to play some good teams. I mean, yeah. Clarkson has been one of the better teams in the country. Quinnipiac has been one of the best teams in the country. So uh, they're going to play, and obviously Providence here today is one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. So you're, you're playing against the best, and that's what they're going to be doing when they hit the league schedule starting with BC at the end of the month. So I think it's a good time to uh, to try to work out as much as that as you can against some really good teams, and then, like you said, hope to, have, hope to be firing on all cylinders once you get to the end of January. Well, granted, they played pretty well against BU before the break there and uh, had three points, could have had four, but uh, and, and probably should have had four, especially in that second game. But, uh, you know, still it seems, you know, that the one-to-one game, they're out shooting BU 27-4 to at one point, and you got to be able to score more than one goal. And I mean, I, that's going to be the story of the second half, I think, for this team. Are they able to get back to where they were almost a year ago at this time? I mean, that's really where the things broke down. It was in February of last year when they were in first place in the league, and all of a sudden the scoring just dried up, and it's been that way ever since. And... and uh, I mean, that's the $64,000 question, isn't it? Is, is yeah. Are they going to be able to score goals? Yeah, and I thought they had some better chances against uh, the, the Russians on, on Thursday, who are a good team. I mean, they've more offensively than defensively. I think they had 45 shots against Yale. So, And, and one of the big things that I know Coach Denny talked about after that game was limiting them to, I think, 21 shots over the portion of that scrimmage. So uh, that was something that he really looked at because they're, they're a skilled team. I mean, yeah. that's just how they develop players over there. But we've uh, known that they've been able to – I mean, this Merrimack team's been good defensively. Yeah. The penalty kill's been good. The goaltending has generally put them in a position to be able to win most nights. It's been that the offense hasn't been able to come up with the goals they need. Exactly, and, that, and that's what... There were glimmers of that uh, against the Red Stars. I thought they played really well in the first period. Crystal Blank especially, I think, had a goal. Uh, and I may have had an assist in another one, but I mean, they really, they were able to create space. They really dominated possession. Second period, they got away from that, as you can tell by the score. They, they led 2 nothing at the end of 1, trailed 4-3 at the end of 2. So, uh, the second period, that got away from them. And then they got back to it in the third and it's hard to, you know, today's one of those games where it's hard to judge, I think, with the conditions. You know, it's outside, it's windy, it's the ice is what it is. So uh, today you almost, I mean, if, if they were to only put one or two up today, uh, at this point with one period left with the ice conditions the way they are, it's almost hard to really judge anything based on this. But uh, then you, you'll have two pretty good tests the next two weeks with, with Quinnipiac and Clarkson, who, again, like we said, two really good teams uh, in three out of those four games on the road. So that, that's really where you can start to prove something. I mean, I look at the guys that uh, really, I suppose, almost any year you got to look at seniors as the guys that have to lead you, right? So, uh, you know, Collins, at least tonight, he seems like he's doing everything that he can except for scoring a goal. I mean, he's made some really nice plays. And uh, at both ends of the ice, you know, Haywood, I think, is getting in there and he's, you know, he's, he's 
blocked a few shots, and he, you know he's working hard. He's doing the little little things that he needs to do, and you know that's the kind of leadership that they need to get more of going forward. I suppose. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And I would not want to be blocking a shot tonight. I mean, blo- <laughs> blocking a shot indoors when it's chilly is one thing. Blocking a shot outside when it's ten degrees out, I, w- I would not want to be one of the guys lining up in front of a buck tonight. And that's one of the things. It was funny. We, I talked about that yesterday with somebody. I said, "You're not going to see any blocked shots tomorrow." <laughs> Just joking around because it's so cold, and, and we've still seen that. I mean, we've still seen guys on, on both sides laid down in front of shots, and it's like, whoa, you know, there's you're not a goaltender. There's some padding there, but you take one in the wrong spot with the temperatures it is out today. I, I would not want to be one of those guys for sure. Well, it's instinct, right? I mean, you play yeah. the game the way uh, you play yeah. the game. It's not, not that you're going to really change the way you play the game. You're going to do what you normally do. Absolutely, yeah, and I, I think that's. Uh, I think that's a good thing too because that, that's the style they obviously want to play. We, we've talked about it a bunch. I mean, that those little things, those blocking shots, chipping pucks along the wall, getting it deep. That's one of the things that's going to help their offense. I think that that they struggled with in the early part of the year was just getting pucks behind the D and making those D men turn around and go back and get pucks behind the net because we've seen it a couple times with and against Merrimack. I mean, you chip a puck along the wall behind a defenseman if that D doesn't pivot and turn around and go for the puck. If he fronts you and, and tries to tie you up without the puck, that's been interference yeah. you know, 99 times out of 100 this year. And uh, that, Those are the little things that I think is going to help them both offensively by getting pucks deep and generating pressure, and maybe you get some power plays out of it too. And those are probably the, you know, the little things too that where we say, well, you got to score goals, right? But really, you know, you got to try to do those little things like that to to get yourself in position to generate chances. And, you know, let's face it, while they have had a couple of breakaways tonight, most nights they're not really getting breakaways. They're not getting odd man rushes. Yeah, and I think that's probably conducive to their style, too. I mean, they don't want to run up and down the sheet with teams. I think they're, they want to get pucks in behind the D and, and get on them with the forecheck, turn pucks over, work a cycle. I mean, that's, that's sort of their bread and butter. I think that's the type of team they want to be. And they've got big bodies that are able to do that. Gustafson is a big kid. LeBlanc's a big kid. Uh, and even their smaller players. I mean, like, Connor Toomey's not a big guy, but he'll get on the forecheck and, and is it can able to do some things in the corner. So uh, that, I think that's that's the style they want to play. And, and when they're doing well, when they've scored goals, uh, you know, really going back to 2011, I mean, when they've played well and scored goals, a lot of times that's the types of goals they were scoring by getting pucks deep and, and just making, you know, outworking the D around their own net. Talking with Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com and also the Eagle Tribune with a score is Merrimack nothing, Providence nothing. All right, as we said, 40 minutes in the books here. And, uh, well, first question I want to ask you is, I mean, an event like this, good for a program like Merrimack and maybe also a program like Providence to have a chance to, uh, you know, have a chance to, to compete on a stage like this? Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think it's a good thing for both schools, uh, and I think it's good timing, too, because I think we're starting to see there's so many of these games now that uh, within the next three to four years, I think they're going to start to lose some of the luster. Uh, you know, the, I think the NHL's doing six of them this year between yeah. the Winter Classic and the Stadium Series, so uh, I think it's good to do it now. I think it's good to get it, uh, you know, to have the opportunity to play here. It's a big event, obviously, for the alumni uh, and, and for both schools, and, and just awareness. I mean, it gets you on Nesson, it gets, uh, gets you in a big stadium like this. This is going to be something that they can show recruits. It's going to be something that uh, you know, that from a college standpoint, uh, you know, you're a high school student here today that maybe doesn't know much about Merrimack. You, you see them play. You see their logos all over the place. Maybe you do some investigating about the type of school. So I think it's good all around. All right, and third period coming up here. Uh, 40 minutes in the books. What do you see here in the third coming up? 
you know, I think it's going to be a crazy goal that decides this thing. Uh, just just the conditions that are down there. It's going to be somebody that throws a puck in front that bounces off of a hole or hits a nice chip and bounces off a leg and ping-pongs around a little bit and ends up behind one of the goaltenders. It's probably going to be a one nothing game, and I think it's probably going to be a wacky goal to boot. All right, thanks, Mike. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Mike McMahon, enjoy the rest of the game. Thanks, Mike. You too. All right, that's Mike McMahon from themacreport.com and the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News. We'll be back with more after this. The score, Merrimack nothing, Providence nothing. You're listening to live coverage of Merrimack Hockey.